The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It is on to Northwestern. You've had pent-up frustration, football withdrawal, and now uh, we get game week. We're knocking on that wood. Nothing breaking to tell you about. I'm just, I'm going to start every Monday and we're going to knock on wood that Football happens on Saturday. Can get in, can join us, and uh, do so. Dial us up, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Can do so on the hotline here. Email us, chris at hailvarsity.com. Follow us. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Jay Moore is going to be with us in about 20 minutes. Get his take uh, just, you know, from a player's perspective. Get Jay Bird's thoughts on, you know, this this week against Northwestern. Just how honestly technique sound and perfect you have to be to beat a Pat Fitzgerald football team. Also this hour, excited. Nebraska able to land a, another recruit for 2021. Jay, uh, Jalen Weaver is a just a monster of a dude out of California, Antioch High School. His, uh, his coach, John Lucindo, is going to be with us in about 30 minutes. Kudos to Elijah for locking that down. So Coach Lucindo in 30 minutes. Get his take on uh, Mr. Weaver, what Nebraska's getting in this uh, defensive end spot, six seven six eight two eighty. Do you ever block anything like that? <laughs> Dear God, no! <laughs> I saw this video of this guy, uh, uh, Weaver, running the uh, the two hundred meter relay. Yeah, he's a track, track athlete. Yeah, and he, he can move, bro. Like everyone else's head is coming up to like his armpit, and he's right. just running right past him. It's he's, ridiculous. He's a six eight mountain that's running the two hundred, mm. yeah. but. Your fun fact of the day, if you want one, is that Alabama running back Najee Harris went to the same high school. Well, right. That's clearly uh, great things in store for Nebraska. And Coach Tuioti did just a great job of recruiting. So we'll talk with Coach Lucindo from Antioch High. Uh, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, in one hour. And then some thoughts from Greg Smith as Nebraska gets rolling uh, with this 2021 recruiting class. Also, some thoughts from Mr. Greg on uh, Nebraska Northwestern. You have the numbers to get in, can do so. But Northwestern is special. And uh, on today's date, it was the infamous uh, play heard round Husker Nation, a.k.a. Geronimo, 
with our friend uh, Mr. Kellogg and our friend Mr. Westerkamp. It, this happened, and it's burned into your memory because it's always, uh, I need a drink on standby if you're a Nebraska fan taking on Northwestern. They're always tight. They're always white knucklers. And uh, this is a game that you'll never forget. You gotta get rid of it. Throw it up there. Kellogg's throw. It's going to be tipped and caught. It's caught. It's caught in the touchdown. Western Tabs. So that happened uh, on the far side of the field. A lot of us were mingling on the other quarter of the end zone on the field. Last five minutes pre-COVID, you got to go down to the field and then make your way to the locker room for post-game. And, man, what a play that was in 2013 where Kellogg's in, lets one fly, gets the bleep knocked out of him after he lets it go, and... And it's tipped, and, and Wester can't be able to, to spring to action, catch it. And then our old pal Searles is at the bottom of the dog pile, unable to breathe. And as weird as things were going in 2013, that was a big-time season saver for Nebraska. Uh, in 13, Nebraska able to beat Michigan on the road, win in overtime against Penn State, get Northwestern. I think you mixed in a UCLA loss that year. I think Minnesota got you that year. But Nebraska was a nine-win football team. Things ended, uh, interestingly, with Iowa and the hat swinging. But, I mean, North Northwestern's one of those teams. Let's be honest. They've been kind of a cute, nice little story, if you're a college football fan, going back to the Rose Bowl run with Coach Barnett. And then, as you've played them in the league... Each time they've beat Nebraska, and they've beat Nebraska a lot, you kind of pinch yourself and ask, how did that happen? Uh, last time Nebraska was ranked in the top 10, Northwestern comes in and wins in 2011. Uh, 2012, uh, it's, it's a tight ball game, but a heck of a comeback, and Nebraska wins that thing. Uh, you had a lot of road wins in 2012 where there were Really tight ball games, Michigan State and Northwestern, where Nebraska wins in the uh, the final moment. I think Northwestern missed a field goal. Hail Mary in thirteen. Uh, you had uh, Moss with the the pick. Randy Gregory really took over the second half of that twenty thirteen game. Twenty fourteen was awesome. I mean, Nebraska just kind of rolled. Uh, and then you had the overtime loss in twenty fifteen. You beat him in sixteen. And then uh, you you fell in 17. 17 might have been the overtime loss. But the point of this thing is, and and who will forget 2018, where you're up double digits with like three minutes, and Northwestern finds a way to force overtime, and then the anticlimactic finish where the snap is a grounder and Adrian can't do anything. Last year... Is as sloppy as Nebraska was in games against Iowa and Colorado and Wisconsin and Indiana. I mean, four games that you split them, you're still feeling you're feeling better about the program, right? And and you didn't. You you lost all of those games. 
the one game you were damn near flawless in a very ugly offensive game was last year against Northwestern where you had a guy you found off the club soccer team drill a game winner somehow, some way through 50 sets of hands trying to block the field goal at the buzzer, 13-10. to 10. You won it without Adrian. Uh, Lamar Jackson's interception set up things. Uh, you had Will Honus decleat some dude that the pass was intended for and uh, clear out the middle for the interception. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that ball was tipped. I'm going to imagine it was tipped. But Nebraska, in, in a very undisciplined year last year when it comes to special teams, or just uh, penalties, right? Nebraska found a way to win that game last year at the buzzer against Northwestern, 13-10. to The the line on this thing's three. You're going to need an extra bottle of Jack or vodka or more more beers, whatever the case may be, because it's going to be a tight ball game. So what's Nebraska's mindset? I think, Elijah, Nebraska's been kind of a, a team that's pacing, right? pacing around like a caged animal, and they're ready to, to go play football. We'll hear from Scott Frost in a moment, but I think they are ready to get out and go play, and they've had extra time to prep. I think that's to their advantage. I think Iowa, uh, Northwestern's always one of those draining games. I'd always rather get Northwestern after they play Iowa. They had an incredible comeback. I'm not saying there isn't going to be anything in their tank, I think the opposite. I think this will help springboard Northwestern when it comes to confidence and kind of some mojo. But Northwestern's beatable. Nebraska at the lines of scrimmage is a better football team. And they've had a week longer, not only to prep, but to be ticked off. And honestly, I think that they have this, and and Coach Frost talked about it, and Adrian Martinez talked about it. They've got a chip on their shoulder, and that chip has grown Right, it's a larger chip because I think there's a bit of a mindset where Nebraska feels like the Big Ten is out to screw them. Right, wrong, disagree, agree with that take. You can use it and and enhance your motivation on top of already wanting to get to one and one. And last thing here, Elijah, the West is is wide open. Purdue's beatable. They're two and zero. Northwestern is two and zero. They're beatable. Who knows what happens with Wisconsin? All right. Nebraska will need to take care of their business each week in, each week out. Yes. But it's not impossible to go up to Evanston and go get a win because I think you're more a, a more talented football team, and I think you're more of a physical football team. It's going to come down to whether you're a smarter and disciplined football team. And you had 60 minutes of that last year where you were locked in for four quarters and you and you made fewer mistakes than Northwestern did a year ago. Yeah, number one thing I'm looking for in this game Saturday is penalties. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Uh, I think back to the game against Ohio State and how many times did the Huskers shoot themselves in the foot with a false start, legal formation, uh, a couple holdings in there as well. Uh, so that's the number one thing I'm looking for because you heard it from the players today. If you watch that Iowa game over the weekend, Northwestern is not going to beat themselves. And uh, they're going to grind it out with you. They're going to tire your defense out as the game goes on. And they want their defense to frustrate your offense. That's what happened to Iowa as that game went on Saturday. Is got into the second half and that Iowa offense was just frustrated. Well, the, the Iowa, Iowa couldn't run the ball. I mean, Northwestern's mm-hmm. really good defensively through a couple of games. I mean... Who knows what to make of Maryland, okay? Because 
Northwestern looked like a national championship outfit when they, the way they dismantled Maryland, like 44-3 to in their opener. Maryland comes back and absolutely <laughs> does work this weekend uh, against Minnesota. And I know that was kind of a crazy ball game, but for them to put up the yards they put up and 45 points, we weren't expecting that after the way they showed up against Northwestern. So I think that kind of shows you how mentally locked in Northwestern's front seven and total 11 is on defense on top of the fact their execution was pretty good for week one. So, no, it's it's doable for Nebraska. This will be a nice test. I mean, Nebraska's seen the best, right, against Ohio State when it comes to talent level. And Nebraska's able to move the football and throw the football pretty efficiently against Ohio State. It was Nebraska had 10 drives. They scored on three of them where they didn't screw themselves, either be a penalty or turnover, right? So can you be better than three out of 10 against Northwestern? You're right. It's going to come down to penalties. But Northwestern has seven turnovers in two games. They forced seven turnovers, forced three interceptions against Iowa. Iowa had their, their, young, their young pup throwing the football a lot just because and I, and I watched a lot of the second half of that Iowa Northwestern game and I'm like you know I was not really running the ball great against Northwestern so that'll be important Nebraska will have to run the football but I think Nebraska is going to have some options not only get your tight ends involved that it, it's going to be a big vocalek in, in Austin Allen game I, I obviously I think um uh mullet man is is dinged at the knee Jack Stoll. Yeah, Stoley's, uh I, I don't know when he'll be back, but it won't be next week. So get your tight ends involved, get your run game going, and uh, let's see if, if this is not a bad time to unveil some of those young pups at wide receiver and get them involved on top of what you have in Wandale. Feel completely good about this for Nebraska. I think they can absolutely go in. I think they're hungry to do it. And I think the one-two quarterback punch, is is going to be problematic, not just for Northwestern, but I think it'll be problematic for a lot of football teams. It kind of just comes down to Nebraska and how they handle themselves. And I'm even more encouraged about this game right now than I was on Friday. Um, Northwestern looked beatable against Iowa. I was in that game till the end. Uh, obviously, Iowa should have drilled them like 25-28 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's a credit to Northwestern coming back. But then I also watched that Ohio State-Penn State game on Saturday, and honestly, the scoreline won't indicate it, but Ohio State dominated Penn State as much as they should dominated Nebraska. Should have been a 40-10 to 10 spot. Exactly. It should have been the same score as that Nebraska game. Penn State was behind in that game all the whole game. Ohio State's not played great football, Mm-mm. and they've still rolled people. Yeah, that, in that second half, Ohio State went full ball control. They ran the ball a lot. They ran the ball on Penn State get out of dodge. better than they ran on Nebraska. Yeah. And, and Justin Fields was just as efficient. They could have won that game, as you said, 50-10. to 10. Ohio State wanted to get their run game going. They did, and uh, the difference being is Penn State has a studded wideout that got deep a few times. See if that starts to emerge for Nebraska. Let's hear from Scott Frost real quick, and uh, Frost specifically uh, on the topic of just how his team's dealing and rolling with the punches here, and uh, it's been a roller coaster, and uh, the, the tone from, 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 from Coach Frost today was he wasn't irritated at anybody but I think he's just sick of the situation and I don't blame him just the back and forth the uncertainty and he's just kind of sick for his kids not getting to play no I think well um, 
you know, we had a movie, scary movie night on Halloween. Try to keep our guys from going to parties and uh, doing some dumb things. Had a lot of the team show up. Um, I, we've officially set a record for most practices with one game under your belt in the history of college football. There's no question about that. Uh, but I think the guys are learning to roll with the punches. It's 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 an ongoing process. It's a, it's a constant. Can you stay mentally and physically ready? I think the team will be very physically ready for for Northwestern, and yeah, they'll be they'll be ready mentally as well. But again, the the feel is just some pent up frustration and anger. It's time to go release the fury and see if you can do that in Evanston. Eleven o'clock kickoff on BTN. We'll get Jay Moore's perspective, his podcast, more to it. Co-host Big Red Wrap-Up, Hale Varsity with you on a Monday, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for your time. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 15 minutes away, head coach of Antioch High School, John Lucindo, his take on Jalen Weaver, uh, defensive end that committed to Nebraska, defensive end that's from the great state of Nebraska, NFL vet, his podcast, More To It. Jay Moore, you can find that with Hale Varsity and the Heard At Media Outlet, and you see him on Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, uh, is the collared shirt pressed for tomorrow night? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. We'll be we'll be looking uh, we'll be looking clean tomorrow night. That's for sure. We'll be we'll be pressed and dry cleaned and might have to go to suit tomorrow. Ooh, you you mentioned you got to look clean, and that's kind of the name of the game Saturday against Northwestern, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it always is. I mean, you you can't uh, you got to play um, clean football. You can't have a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers because Northwestern A never does that as a team because they just always they get. You know, they always have the most talent, but uh, they, they get the most out of what they have and, you know, commit very few penalties. No, they just don't beat themselves, and they just force you to play really good football. I mean, they've, they, uh, they're they a very physical football team, you know what you're going to get. So you got to play you got to play their game. Um, you can't beat yourselves. Otherwise, that's how they get so much out of, you know, not able to get, you know, a bunch of five- and four-star recruits in there. So that's – they the shell knows what they're doing. Um and again, anytime you play on the Western, it's it's going to be a grind. That's for sure. Jay, kind of get into that football IQ side of things a little bit. You you can have the size, the speed, the strength, and understanding of what you got to do on whatever position you're at. Northwestern gets those kids. They do a good job of developing. Fitz always has done that. But then you get the IQ, and then the football IQ on top of it. I mean that 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 is their kind of their their difference maker. That is their game changer, isn't it? Just not only the fact that they're they're tough kids, but man, they've they've got the uh, the IQ side of things from a football standpoint to go with it. They get and embrace that they got to play damn near perfect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's be honest, you can't be a dummy to get Northwestern too. So, um, <laughs> so that helps, uh, and that's just. Because you just you know when you play Northwestern you, you know you're never you don't really you know manhandle them. I mean, it's just you kind of teams that do have success is you know they probably just have too much talent and they have a little more depth. Um, but you know, like I said, when you when you have good physical football established, and then all you got to do is okay, 
let's let's try to get a little more football IQ, X's and O's, you know, a little more football knowledge, you know, developed and and taught and and understanding of it. And then you're like, okay, now we can now we can kind of compete. You know, we might not be able to compete with, you know, maybe um, Ohio State every year or Michigan every year, but for everyone else, we can we can grind it out. And and they just know. I mean. Fitzgerald knows that he can, you know, slow games down and can do certain things and play the percentages and kind of get more maybe into the analytics side of things just because they just, they, that's what they have to do. I mean, you just, they don't, like I said, they don't have the talent there to, to do it. I mean, they, they get some good kids that come out of there every other year, um, some, some draft picks, but they're just, they're just smart with what they do overall. And like, like I said, once they get the, you know, once they know the physicality is, is there, um, then, then it's just all about executing, taking care of the football, um, and you know that's why that's why you never see a whole lot of high scoring Northwestern games. It's, it's honestly, I'd love to go back and look since the field there, like average points scored or something like that, just because it just seems like every game there. And I mean, they beat they beat Iowa twenty one twenty, you know, or um, you know, it's you know the Nebraska Nebraska score seemed to be Nebraska has been fortunate to get some points on the you know. Uh, a, a couple times at Northwestern, but you know it's, you see them. You know it's a seventeen thirteen. It's a twenty one seventeen, twenty four twenty. You know it's rarely into the thirties. You know, and they just they just know what they got to do, and they and they, they they execute it very well. Jay, do you think that the pressure is going to be more on the offense or on the defense to have a better performance Saturday? And then just to piggyback on top of that, how many points do you think the Huskers are going to have to score on Saturday to get the job done against this Wildcat team? Well. You know, having them having Ramsey at quarterback helped that helps that, that offense. I mean, last year Northwestern's offense was, was not very good. Um, you know, I think you know, I think the pressure. Let me. I'll be I'll be honest. I think when when you have a an offensive minded head coach and um, a guy that's known to score some points, and you know, has been with Oregon, and obviously you see what he's able to do at Central Florida. I think the pressure is always on the offense, just because that's what he's trying to implement here. And so I think, you know, this offense has to get going. It knows they need to score points. Um, defensively, again, you know, just try to hang on and and make plays. Uh, it's never about total yards. It's about points and getting turnovers. And I think that's that's where they're at. And this is where they're going to be for, you know, until Frost is here. It's always going to be about the offensive scoring points, the defense, you know, limiting limiting opportunities in the, in the red zone. Um, and getting turnovers. So, you know, I think the pressure is for sure always going to be on the offense. Defensively, you know, in this game, you're, you're not going to see anything close to what you saw um, against Ohio State or even if, when, if they would have played Wisconsin. I mean, it's, you're, just, you're just not going to see the, the, the elite talent. So, it's you know, they're going to get their opportunities. But um, in this game, it's, it's up to the offense to score some points and then get this thing going. We'll hear from Adrian Martinez next hour, but he was – Pretty cognizant of, of taking care of the football, his turnover issues, and that's just how things have shaken out against Northwestern. They've been three to seven point games. Some have been in overtime. And as, as, as bad as Nebraska was last year at finishing and, and being sound for four quarters, they were against Northwestern. They were locked in for four quarters and found a way to, to win with a backup quarterback and a replacement kicker so that was a an underrated win last year uh, 13 to 10 so i'm asking about mindset and you had a game canceled you were told no 
and you went to a Halloween party with your teammates and watched a scary movie on Saturday, great. But everybody in that football office and uh, locker room wanted to be playing. They weren't. Mindset-wise, do you worry about the team being ready, or do you think this enhances their their drive and, and want to because they they missed a game last week? D- does this help or hurt being off Saturday going into Northwestern? You know, I think it's, it's tough because I don't. I think this. You know, they've they've practiced so much and, and gone through so much to only play one game. Um, I this team needs more reps. I think it honestly hurts them not playing. You know, Northwestern, you get you, you make a lot of your biggest jumps from game one to game two, um, just because you don't obviously have preseason games. But you know, now all of a sudden you have. You have Northwestern's got two games and it's a belt and are two and zero. Confidence, confidence right high. What is Nebraska struggled with is winning, is winning football games. Northwestern's two and zero. Uh, Nebraska needs some confidence. Um, they need to know how to win football games. Um, they could have won that game Wisconsin. So they need. It'd be nice to get a win against Wisconsin uh, to get that confidence built. But unfortunately, you don't. So you know, obviously, you could say they're you know a little well more well rested, maybe a little fresher. I don't know. They're still without. Two guys are starting secondary for the first half. Um, that's that's not great, but uh, you know, I, I I think it hurts them a little bit just because they don't get the reps. They don't get the reps of of, of live bullet reps that are so crucial um, early on in the season. So it is what it is. I hope they saw you know or or you know they, this team should have a chip on their shoulder. Let's be honest. I mean, if they paid any attention to the national media here in the last week. Um, you know, I'm I'm pissed off. They should be fuming, you know, in the disrespect they've they've gotten and just some of the stuff that's been written about them. Um, they should be they should be raring to go to show, you know, all these you know, idiot national reporters out there that they don't know what they're talking about. So, um, you know, they should be fired up. But you know, that's it's, it's you got to play for four quarters and um, they got to keep that focus. So hopefully, they can do that on Saturday. Do you anticipate Jay Moore's with his black shirt, Husker NFL, or at Jay Moore 44? More to it podcast and uh, co host Big Red wrap up. Jay, about three minutes here. Do you anticipate Nebraska being able to line up and, and run against Patty Fisher and Gallagher and crew, or is it going to be more of a short passing game to open up the run? I mean, tell me about the offensive line and what you think they can do. Yeah, I think they should be able to. I mean, they're able to get some stuff going. I mean, you know, almost rush for uh, you know, average six yards a carry against Ohio State. So that's that's nothing to that's nothing to sloth at. So I think they can get that obviously going against against um, against or excuse me, people want to say Wisconsin um, against Northwestern. But uh, you know, here's here's the thing: is you want to talk about being smart, and you want to talk about kind of picking your battles. And you know, what I could probably see Northwestern doing is is lining up and saying, okay, um, well. We saw your game plan against Ohio State. Obviously, you have you have no threat to us in the wide receiver position. So we're going to load this thing up, have eight in the box. You know what? Try to run it, but hell, we're going to let you try to throw it too. You know, we're we're going to we're going to say, hey, you want to throw it? Give us your best shot. You know, we obviously know what Juan Bell has, but you know, maybe in these couple of weeks, Nebraska was able to you know get Omar Manning and. You know, Xavier Betts and some of these young guys more developed and gives them more confidence to, to be able to participate and play meaningful reps and snaps. But they're going to load it up. And they're going to say, you know what, <laughs> let's see what you've got. Um, if you want to try to beat us over top, 
we'll, we'll see what you see if you can do that because what you showed against Ohio State was that you don't you don't have the guys to beat us over top. So um, you know they're gonna they're gonna definitely you know load that box up and and make Nebraska earn it. Jay Moore's with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer. Jay, it's going to be awesome on Friday. Can't wait to be out with you and Chewy. Wilderness Ridge Roadshow Friday ahead of Northwestern. The fall colors. But how about some summer temperatures, man, out on the deck? It's going to be a party. I can't wait to do the show. Yeah, it's going to be nice, isn't it? Nice. But maybe a cold, a cold few beverages, too, will make it even better. So are you going to sneak out and swing the clubs or what? Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to play that morning. <laughs> you're gonna yeah i'm definitely playing that morning that's for sure because listen i, I can look at that forecast know what's probably coming next week and you don't get too many five days in a row about 70 degrees in, in early november so i'm gonna take take advantage of this cause i know it's i know what's uh on the other side of this one yeah this is something to hold on to and, and not let go 70s and sunny and perfect but jay will be out there jay moore shuey me uh road show friday at wilderness ridge out on the deck Four to six, uh, happy hour with Hale Varsity. Bird, have a good rest of your Monday. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, we got to say no problem. All right, there he is. Hey, that's not a bad take at all if you're Northwestern and you know what Wandale can bring. You're down your starting tight end with Stoll. So do you just go bare defense and say, all right, dude, your wideouts got to beat our corners one-on-one. There's eight, nine dudes in the box. I think the quarterback run game will will be absolutely key with, with Adrian and Luke for Nebraska on Saturday. But on top of that, just Diedrich Mills getting more involved than he was against Ohio State. Get him north and south and let him go. And could we see Omar Manning on Saturday? I don't know. I'm That'd ready be really cool. We'll uh, talk with John Lucido, head coach at Antioch High, next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. More thoughts on Nebraska Northwestern. Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. Mondays with Charlie, longtime Nebraska defensive coordinator, Hall of Famer. With us a little bit after five, Huskers get another commit from Antioch, California. Real big-time talent, Jalen Weaver. His uh, head coach is with us at Antioch High School. John Lucido is with us. Coach, thanks for taking time. Welcome into Hale Varsity. How's your day? Good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. And uh, I want to kind of start off with uh, just kind of your overall, you know, give folks that are listening uh, a rundown there on, on Jalen and your time with him. And tell us about the person and, and then the player you've been able to coach. Oh, a good young man, um, you know, very coachable. Um, so it's, it's been a pleasure coaching the last you know, three years. Uh, as far as his uh, athletic ability, I mean, of course, he's he's a big guy, 6'8". He, he weighed in about 320 the other day. So uh, we want to get his weight down a little bit, but he's very, very athletic uh, for his size. So he plays multiple sports, basketball, football. He ran track. So, uh, you know, we're excited for him this year. Uh, he played some tight end for us, so yeah, caught a few balls for us last year, and he's probably do the same thing this year. Coach, when we talk about athleticism on the lines of scrimmage, that is – so key. You need physicality and toughness, of course, but uh, when you look at, at Jalen's athleticism, is that something he's had to work on, or is it pretty natural for him? I mean, we mentioned the size, 6'8", anywhere between 280, and, and you mentioned 320, but what what part of his athleticism impresses you most, and how do you use him on the field? 
Uh, I mean, he, he's, you know, of course, 6'8", so he's long. Um, his, uh, we put him on the wide side of the field. He, he can run people down. We have film of him running down quarterbacks, running backs. So um, that's just a, um, you know, a big weapon for us uh, to move him around and, and be as versatile as he is. Uh, but, I mean, that's, that, that's one thing that I'm going to bring to Nebraska is just, you know, how physical he is, but how athletic and fast and quick he is uh, for his size. Does he have uh, a specialty? Is is he incredible against the run? Is he fantastic against the pass rush? I mean, you mentioned his ability to pursue and, and, and get after the ball carrier or chase a play down. But when it comes to either setting the edge or getting after the quarterback, how are those skills right now? Uh, I mean, right now, he is, I think his is, is rushing right now. I mean, especially in high school, as big as he is, he just, he just walks through people. But, uh, you know, we, we try to get him for the get him to the and try to get those uh, um, those skills uh, to move on and, and pass rushing stuff and him coming off the edge and you know getting a quick quick jump off the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's, I think that's his real strength there. Uh, head coach of Antioch High School, John Lucido, is with us. We're talking Jalen Weaver, new commit for Nebraska, 2021 defensive end out of Antioch, California. When it came to, to Jalen's recruitment, uh, there was a, a long, long list of programs that wanted him out of the SEC, out of the Big Ten, out of the Pac-12. What was it about Coach Tuioti's relationship with him and what stuck out about Nebraska's recruitment? Um, you know, with with, with Jalen, it's it's more of, of how he relates to the coaches. So I think uh, coach did a good job of just reading to him and making him feel comfortable. Um, so I, I think that was I think that was one of the big things it was the coaching staff and uh, how they approached him and how they had their conversations. And um, Jalen's the real guy. You know, he he really responds to that, and I think that's what the how the coaches approached him on his recruiting. I think that's what really stood out. Um, you know, for him to go into Nebraska. Coach, it seems like this Husker coaching staff has really prioritized guys who are playing multiple sports. Uh, wrestling's a big one, but I know that he also runs a little track and field. Um, does, does he do anything else? And what does he like playing those other sports, just being in that, that giant frame? Yeah, what um, uh, was his track and field. I mean, he's one of the top uh, discus throwers um, around. He went to state uh, the last couple of years, and um, – you know what really really surprised me? He wanted to run the 200, so he wanted to run some of the sprints, and he actually did very well in the 200. So it's uh, it's you don't you don't see a lot of six eight guys running the the hundred and the 200, and you know, and he just wants to get better and and you know push himself and see what he can do. Um, so I think I think you guys you know Nebraska got a good one just for that work um, work ethic. Coach, uh, a thought. Uh, I know Najee Harris uh, went uh, played for you and, and was at uh, you know, what he's doing down in Alabama. You, you have a, a, a ton of um, talent, and you do such a great job of coaching those kids up as well. And what's, what's it like for you to, to be able to be in communication with some of these power programs that are looking at your kids? How are you able to, to navigate that from a coach's standpoint, but also uh, be there for your kids if they ask your opinion? Um, yeah, I mean, going back to when, uh, when, when Najee was recruited, that was, that was one of the craziest things I've ever been through. But at the same time, we had Isaiah Dunn, he's for Oregon State now. Um, so you, you have, you know, we had a kids. We want to make sure they're okay, they're understanding the process. Um, and looking at the education part of it and looking at, 
you know, not just football, just, mm-hmm. you know, where are you going to be comfortable? Um, and I've had many conversations with, with Najee. It's like, you know, where do you feel more comfortable? Where, what, what school is drawing you in? You know, it's, it's not just about, you know, number one team in the country. Not, you have to really feel comfortable with the staff, um, the school, the atmosphere. And, you know, and talking with Jalen, um, you know, I, I think that's where he felt more comfortable. I mean, um, I think his last ones were Tennessee, um, Ole Miss, Nebraska, and Indiana. And, you know, we, we tell the players, you know, just go where you feel and, and go where you're going to be comfortable and you're going to succeed and put yourself in the best situation. So I think he really did that for himself. Coach, one thing we always ask ourselves whenever we uh, we talk about recruits from across the country is what is that national perception of Nebraska uh, around the country among these young kids? Can, can you speak a little about that, about what these kids think about Nebraska? I mean, do they think of Nebraska as just some random university in the middle of a cornfield? Oh, no, it's it's a big program. It's it's a powerhouse. I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I grew up watching Nebraska. It's just, just the physicality of, of, you know, Nebraska football. It's, you know, I grew up on that, and, I, and the kids, in, even in the Bay Area, the kids that I coach, uh, they they know. So it's it's uh, that's it's a you know a big step for Jalen. I'm, I'm glad he made that decision. So I can't I can't wait to watch him play. Last thought here, Coach. Uh, I know that California high school football has been delayed a few months because of COVID. Uh, how are you keeping your guys ready uh, through these weird 2020 months uh, where you'd usually be playing football and now you're not? Yeah, you know, we did workouts to them. Um, our district. Will- not let us have any contact with the players at all. We just actually started practice last week, uh, so we've only had four practices. We have another got them in pods, and it's only groups of twelve, and uh, we have to take their temperature. So it's it's really strict right now. Um, so we just, we just try to keep them focused, and and they're anxious to get out of the house. They've been they haven't even been back to school or anything. So um, it's good to get them out of the house and moving around, and you know try to get you know their mental state back, not just physically but mentally. Um, just trying to get in the right track, and you know, we start up in a couple months, so it'll be right around the corner. Head coach Antioch High School, John Lucido, with us on Hale Varsity Radio, Jalen Weaver, defensive end, 6'8", 280, uh, picked Nebraska on Halloween. Nebraska's excited for him. And, Coach, thanks for sharing uh, some thoughts on Jalen and giving us some, some insight to the player and uh, talking a little, rec- little recruiting with us. Have a, have a great uh, uh, rest of your week, and best wishes to you and your team as you move forward. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Take care. Coach John Lucido with us, uh, Antioch High School. Uh, we need another half hour to get into probably the craziness of the Najee Harris recruitment. Number one player in the country, running back. You see him doing work for Alabama. But a big-time get, and what a wonderful job by Coach Tuioti uh, to land a big-time defensive end. We'll wind down hour one next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good stuff, uh, Coach Lucido. We'll get that posted, the on-demand section, ESPN Lincoln. And that's uh, Jalen Weaver's high school coach, new defensive end commit. 320, not 280. 320 is what Jalen's weight is at right now, but he's 6'8", can run a 200-meter. Well, that's what was shocking to me when watching his film was seeing this tall, lanky dude, and he's listed at 280. I'm like, he looks under 280, but if he's up to 320 now, maybe he's just got one of those frames that just, you can just put all that weight on, doesn't even matter. Here's the thing, too, and, and this is not a guy like, I look at a Ty Robinson, okay, where 
you wanted a guy like Robinson to come in and make a pretty quick impact after a year or so, right? I mean, he was that level of recruit. And and I think you've got a guy in Weaver that can be really, really good for a lot of years for you. But he's a guy that Nebraska, once Coach Duvall gets a hold of him, they will shape him fantastically. They'll know what they can do with that frame. It's kind of like the old mindset for basketball. You can't coach height, right? Well, you, you, you just you grab size like that and tell him to go play ball and let him be a deal breaker for a lot of offenses trying to run on the edge at Nebraska defensive end. With his length, hopefully he can get after the quarterback from the interior, but above all, be one of them Big Ten studs that can just absolutely set the edge and stop the run. Let's get you an update with uh, 2020. And, and I, there's so many adjectives that, that are not suitable for on air when we think of 2020. But when I think of a positive, and that is if you're maybe moving or you're looking to get a new home, West Blue Realty is there to help. Uh, and they have been such an anchor for so many in 2020. So if you're looking at a residential home in Lincoln or surrounding area, West Blue Realty is who you need to dial up. WestBlueRealty.com. Tom Luby is uh, so great. You give Tom a ring at 402-540-3768. Same with Kelly Hofschneider. He's part of West Blue Realty. And uh, Kelly, give him a ring at 402-202-2312. And when you mention Hale Varsity, you can get up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. They also uh, specialize in agricultural land. And they've taken care of folks uh, all over the great state of Nebraska. If you have some ag land to sell, West Blue Realty. Dot com. So at the end of hour one, every Monday, we review the steak and beer bet with uh, me and Elijah Herbal. I was very shrewd and demanded nine and a half points because the Vikings were on the road at Green Bay. Turns out didn't need it. 28-22, Minnesota wins. Is that four straight wins for me with our steak and a beer bet that we make every Friday before the show ends? I, I let you pick the team. It's five? I think it might be five straight weeks. Damn, it's, it is a side of beef for me. I don't think I've won yet this year. No, because <laughs> I mean, I, I got Arizona, I got Minnesota. You got the Bears over Tampa Bay. You got the Bears over Tampa. Oh, I am 5-0. and oh. Yeah, I think you are too. I, I, I know I haven't won one this it's year. It's not just, am I eking? No, I'm, I'm not only winning, but I'm covering the number one way or the other. I'm winning outright. Yeah, no, it's it's not been fun for me. And Jay was even talking on Friday. He was like, oh, that's a sure thing. You better take those Packers. Well, and think about it, too. I mean, how many people hammered Oklahoma State, too? I, I think the only thing we've determined is if there's any sports bettors at home, you just need to side with Chris every single Friday, and you, you will win. bite your tongue. You've <laughs> just kissed, given the kiss of death. Black Shirt McBride, Uncle Charlie's up next. With generous support from Menards and Nutrition Authority Lincoln. Cascade Fountain, built in 1978, has honored retired educators in Nebraska for over 40 years. This monument, built during our nation's bicentennial, is in need of major repairs, preventing it from being turned on this year. The Lincoln Parks Foundation needs your help to restore the fountain and the surrounding plaza. We invite you to sponsor a $250 recognition brick to honor your favorite educator at Cascade Fountain. Please visit lincolnparks.org backslash cascade. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmidt underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmidt. Great to be back with you. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff in Hour 1 from uh, Jalen Weaver's head coach at Antioch High School, John Lucido. Good to hear from him on Nebraska's newest commit, Jay Moore, who is with us. And we kick things off Hour 2 with Mr. Blackshirt and uh, legendary defensive coordinator Charlie McBride with us. Coach, I think we're going to be sending you some 70-degree weather and, and sunshine here as the week moves on. How are you? Well, it snowed all day yesterday, and the wind was about 50 miles an hour. Today it's just frozen and the sun's out. <laughs> well, we got 70s all week long, and I'm not rubbing my that, that in your face at all. I'm saying I'm hoping it sends your way for, for a good weekend. That's okay. I deserve it. <laughs> Well, you're, you're this time of year or into November, you're about rolling your sleeves up anyway, I think. So I got this whole cranked up golf cart, you know, that's yeah. had for a long time and my brother stores it for me at a pole barn and I have to drive it all the way around the lake halfway. <laughs> and I drove it over there today. I thought, Oh man, I'm not gonna make this thing. I mean, it was so cold. I bet. <laughs> I said, now I'm starting to remember what winter was like. Well, you went you went out you went out bundled up, didn't you? Or were you in were you in short sleeves? No, I don't. No, I bundled up. <laughs> I just was asking. So, what did you what did you make of all of last week? Because we talked Monday, and, and and Paul Christ was was thinking there was going to be a game, and as things progressed, more infections hit Wisconsin and they ended up pulling the plug and then the Big Ten wouldn't let Nebraska get a fill-in game. What did you think of, of all the events that transpired? Well, I, I understand that. I just think that they're, they don't want to get out of the conference and they want to keep it inside. Mm-hmm. And I, think they're, I think most conferences would kind of do that if they were maybe in our spot, but you know, it's hard to say. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, when you don't have any fans and you don't have that, maybe they're better off. You know, probably practice didn't hurt anything. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you don't like doing that because you don't. What what happens at the end of the year? I want to know all the things that happen to the players as far as eligibility and mm-hmm. you know all of this stuff. You know, I mean, it's crazy and. Um, you know, to just to play, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe only two, three, four more games. Mm-hmm. And to say you're using the year's eligibility for half a season, I don't think it's, I don't think that's right. So, Everything's on pause from a, from a uh, eligibility well, yeah. standpoint, you're, you're on pause for, for the year. It's, it doesn't cost you a year, but you're going to have a, a bottleneck eventually, aren't you, of scholarships? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have a bottleneck, and 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 you're really shortchanging the guys that are this year. You know, especially mm-hmm. the junior college players. I mean, they're really getting hosed, and that, 
And, um, you know, that's, again, um, we're already short one compared to everybody else at this point. Mm-hmm. And I know Illinois, I watched a lot of that game, and, um, you know, they had their 14 quarterback who nearly won the game for them. I mean, it was, you know, it was one of those things where they went right down the line. They lost their second quarterback, then third didn't do it, fourth came in. And, you know, it was, uh, and, and plus they had a lot of other guys out there, center, and a lot of whole whole bunch of, you know, uh, people were, were hurting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there saying, well, why in the world are we not playing? You know, I mean, Illinois just, and, and he gave a good, he said, we just need to play. Mm-hmm. And that, and that's what he said at the beginning. And and apparently um, Wisconsin doesn't want to, you know, play without their quarterback. And that's the way it is. Do you think you know, that, I don't know. Do you think that, is, is there some, in your opinion, is there some reality to that, or do you think it was just uh, about the total? Because they ended up, I mean, they're at 22 and counting. I haven't seen a new update today, but between... Well, they, they were they were right. I mean, if yeah. that's, that was the case, they were, you know, that, mm-hmm. that if it wasn't called off then, if that many kids would probably have been called off 10 minutes before the game or yeah. before they left or, you know, for the game. Mm-hmm. So... You know, probably at least they prepare. We're able to prepare for what you're going to do for the weekend and the week. Yeah, Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, some thoughts on Northwestern. Did you watch much of their game against Iowa? Yeah, well, they. You know, that's the, another interesting thing. You know, I really didn't realize that Ramsey had left Purdue and right. was the head stepping quarterback at Northwestern, and and that goes to show you that any minute one of these guys could pull the plug and end up playing at Ohio State or at, <laughs> you know, wherever they want in the Big Ten. You know, and and to me, that transfer rule maybe is okay, but I'm a little concerned about whether you can transfer inside the conference. And, um, you know, once you've made a decision, I, I just, that, that didn't smell right to me. And, um, uh, so, you know, that's, but that's me. I, you know, I, uh, if you have to get a team like that, then you sit around and wait to see who's up and, you know, and then you try to, I don't know. I don't know what the recruiting rules are as far as if a player does that, but, um, you know, that's the way that they did it at Northwestern. But what I, what I, what I saw there is they're a well-coached team. Let me, let me tell you, they may be as good a coach and, as there is around, all of them. And I, I know a lot of them, and, and they're really, really good, sound coaches. And so when you play them, you're playing you're playing the coaches now. I mean, you know, the kids will be good players, but probably athletic and skill-wise, they may not have as many kids even as Nebraska. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they know their team, and they know, you know, they're very good teachers, I think that's one of the biggest things that they do do. They know their kids, and they and their kids really, you know, they have a good camaraderie between the coaches and the players, and all that stuff adds up. And so, um, you know, those are the things you have to build inside. Um, but that that if of all the teams, of all of them in the conference, as far as you know, that goes, that 
that's one that's one group I you know I'd swear by. I mean, it's you know you'd never you'd never back down to have your son go there, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, that so it's 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 somewhat hard to recruit because they do have some pretty stiff mm-hmm. academic stuff, but uh, you know it's still. If they have a guy they need, they get them. <laughs> you know how that works. Uh-huh. And um, you know they. I mean, you know, as long as he qualifies. But I mean, sometimes they need a little better than what than qualifying. Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie talking Nebraska Northwestern. Coach, uh, you you mentioned just how well coached Northwestern is, and I know you recruited Fitz, and uh, he ended up going to to Northwestern. He is waiting on Notre Dame and. I know that he he was just a, a game changer, a South Chicago kid that brought the yeah. intelligence, but also the toughness, and he's been doing that for almost a decade and a half now in Evanston. So, how does Nebraska get out of there Saturday with a win? And what do you think the mindset is for Nebraska? I think they're ticked off that they didn't get a play. And I think they're going to try and and, and, and take it out. They got to play much cleaner, obviously, than they did against Ohio State. Yeah. But right. I think from a talent standpoint, Nebraska is okay. But what do you see happening Saturday? Well, you said it right there. I mean, that's the biggest thing. They, as you know, last week, and I mean, the kids were the first ones. They, the players themselves, were the first things out of their mouths. We shot ourselves in the foot so many times that. You know, it, it it exploded the score, yeah. and um, you know, and and you know, do you blame it on somebody? No, you don't blame it on anybody. You know, it's not one of those things. It's just a first game deal, and you could go back to I don't know how many first games, and it's just the fact that you know, as you see, I don't know. I think in two games now, maybe Northwestern's had two penalties in two games. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm guessing, but I know they. Somebody said as the game went on, well, they have one now, and it was like the second half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, you know, you know that, that doesn't happen very much. And those are the things you're, you're fighting. You, you cannot make mistakes, and you cannot get stupid penalties. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, with all our change, and I think we probably had probably two or three cases the last week just in – change in personnel i know he had one i know that scott kind of blamed it on himself and and things like that but but again that that can't you can't do that kind of stuff you got to do the best you can and even if you have to leave guys out there uh and they don't belong in that package you know maybe you change the play mm-hmm. you know and or whatever you do you know i notice they change the play quite a bit so i don't think changing the play is a big deal um, but, you know, a lot of those things that, you know, those five yarders, when you get a big play and uh, that, you know, that just drives you crazy and then come back with a holding penalty. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just wonder sometimes what's going on. <laughs> you know, I mean, it just happens to come up at the right time. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I've always. I've been around too many of those kind of people, and you know, I mean, you know, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I'll leave that one alone. And um, uh, but I think that's the biggest thing right now. I think their I think their attitude's good, and I think they have their attitude is if they're upset, then that's perfect. I mean, that's exactly what you want. 
you don't have to go very far to find a way to get them ready to play. So the Black Shirt Monday with Coach Charlie McBride. And Coach, one of the parts of this game Saturday that is intriguing to me, if maybe worrisome is a better word, uh, is the field at Northwestern. Northwestern's been known to leave their grass a little bit long to slow down the other offenses. Is that something you believe in? Do you think that that grass will slow down the Husker offense come Saturday? No. No, but every, <laughs> that used to be, you know, back in the day when everybody had grass, of course, that was the thing. I mean, we we, had, we played at some places where the grass was for speed and for their team, and in mm-hmm. some places where it was long because they weren't very fast and wanted to slow you down. So, you know, I think the same thing goes. I mean, you, you look at the biggest – in baseball, when they had the World Series, boy, that when everybody had grass, you would have heard that one go. I mean, you know, they had the third base line and the first base line for bunts fixed so that everything went outside or went whatever way they wanted it to, and it was crazy. So that's true, though. I think a little bit, um, you know, I've been at places where they've actually had heavy grass and watered the field. Mm. (laughs) You know, like before the game sometimes. What are you watering the field for? Well, uh, you know making it soft and so on and so forth. But, you know, when the ball snapped, everybody's running the same speed, you know, in comparison. So uh, the only difference is is now you have, you can get longer cleats and you can change this. You can, oh, my goodness, you could do so so many things now that, you know, you just have to be ready, prepared to, Charlie McBride's with us. Coach, you'd show up. You'd show up with a lawnmower, I think, uh, knowing you uh, a few times that the grass was too long. I got about a minute and a half. What the heck did you think of Michigan State, Michigan? I loved it. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, did you? If you go back and look at the the score, it may be. It, out of six games, it may be one and six, and one for Michigan and the other. Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Michigan has a terrible time with Michigan State. They always have. And, uh, you know, I think they exposed, I think, uh, you know, they exposed the Michigan's defense a mm-hmm. little bit, um, in, you know, in the game. And, uh, you know, I think even even they offensively, they did a very good job on, you know, locking that quarterback up. I think that was probably one of the bigger things because the way he looked in the first game, he you know, against I think Minnesota, yeah. he really looked like something special, and he just kind of looked like a good quarterback, and that was about it. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't see the things, and so uh, you know, Michigan State did a good job. I think, I think you know, they've got a new coach, and and it's the same old thing. You get a new coach, and things go right, and things get pumped up early, and uh, sometimes it folds your team together. So we'll see how it goes. Well, Coach, hopefully uh, Nebraska gets a win for uh, Saturday. And I know you'll be watching. It should be pretty good. And we know it's going to be a tight game. Those tight ball games cause a lot of gray hairs. But I think Nebraska's due. What are we doing playing there two years in a row now? Or <laughs> I think we, we played them here this last year. And, won, and Nebraska won 13-10. Oh. But Nebraska's been better on the road in Evanston, except for two years ago with that freakish finish where Northwestern you know, found was, a way to score 10 points in like three minutes. So I was, so I was there and my wife had her hands over my eyes. 
Yeah, I remember you talking about that trip. Coach, we will talk to you next Monday, and have a good, safe week, okay? Thank you for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me. Have a good time this week. Will do. You do the same, Coach. Take care. Bye now. Stay bundled up. (laughs) Coach rolling around in his golf court, and it's snowing out up on the lake in Michigan. Greg Smith's with us. We'll talk some uh, Nebraska Northwestern and recruiting with Greg Smith on Hale Varsity Radio. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Monday edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Good stuff from Charlie McBride. We welcome in recruiting insider and, and analyst Greg Smith. His podcast with Jay Foreman must listen to. Yeah, let's get into some recruiting before we talk to Greg about Northwestern Nebraska. Greg, thanks for time uh, today. And uh, at 280, 6'8", could, could any of us run a 200-meter race? I mean, that's that's the, the, the athlete Nebraska's bringing in with Jalen Weaver. Pretty wild at his, his athleticism. Yeah, you kind of have to be, right? Like at that size and, and a guy that can move that well, um, that you know at that size too, once Zach Duvall gets his hands on him, he can put some additional good weight on him too. Um, that's a really nice pickup for Nebraska. And it's interesting too that, you know, I actually think that he could be a little underrated. I know you took a peek at his film. Um, him not playing a senior season so far out in California uh, might have kept him a little bit under the radar as well. I think that's a really intriguing and good get for Nebraska along their defensive line. It is. Greg Smith is with us, recruiting insider, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Follow Greg on Twitter at GregSmithHV. I'm a big who else is recruiting the kid, okay? I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's big to me. I look at Ole Miss. I mean, they're, they're no slouch in the recruiting world, especially since the lane train's down there. Uh, Pruitt at Tennessee is uh, big time, I mean, from the tree of Saban, of course, and uh, no stranger to, uh, to, to Najee Harris being from that high school. I mean, that was, uh, you know, connection, some familiarity. And then what, what Coach Allen has going at Indiana. I mean, Indiana's a different squad on the lines of scrimmage, and those are the the three main schools Nebraska beat out for Weaver. So uh, am I fair to say that Weaver's a guy that, you know, by year two, two and a half in the program is when you you might see him pop. He's a guy that'll need to be watered a bit. Yeah, that, I, I think that that's fair to say, and I'm, I'm exactly with you on those other schools that were recruiting him, um, especially with Tennessee and Indiana, uh, because they have coaches that just coach defense so well. Lane's got a whole different thing going on with what he wants to do at Ole Miss. Um, he's a great offensive guy, but also the defense of those other programs are always good, um, and they play kind of a hard-nosed style of football, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's something um, that's good to look at too. But yeah, I do, I do think for a couple of reasons he could be a guy that after a couple of years. Uh, ends up popping in the program is because you Nebraska has a good amount of young defensive linemen. You're starting to get to the point, and this was this is always the point that these guys wanted to get to, where you have enough young linemen that that have shown a little promise, and I guess just the one game uh, that we've seen this year, and we'll see where it goes. 
to where you feel comfortable bringing guys in and then letting them marinate a little bit, and then you can just kind of roll with them when they're, you know, redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen in the program, and they're a little bit more physically ready and you don't have as much drop-off. That's the point that they're trying to get to. Greg, the, the guy that, that he reminds me of is a guy from a few years ago out of Baylor, Sean Oakman. Do you remember Sean Oakman? I mean, he, that, guy, that guy was <laughs> an absolute physical freak, and they have similar, similar measurables. Oakman was yeah, giant, dude. That's yeah, a good call. A giant guy. Yeah, I think that another couple of guys that come to mind, um, Eric Armstead uh, is another guy, DeForest Buckner is Oregon. another guy that was Oregon up in dudes. Oregon. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if those were guys that they talked to, to him about. Um, and so, yeah, those are the types of prospects. You just don't see it very often when you have a 6'8", 280 guy. Um, but that also goes to what we've all kind of noticed about what Nebraska has been doing along the lines of scrimmage, uh, both the offensive and defensive line. Size is definitely needed, and I think that they have recognized in very short order um, that to compete at the Big Ten level, uh, you need to have some big boys on that offensive and defensive line, and they've certainly attacked that here over the last couple of years. Greg Smith is with us. We're talking uh, Jalen Weaver, new commit for Nebraska, defensive end, Antioch, California. And uh, you got Oakman, you've got Armstead, you've got Buckner, all super high draft picks, all just beasts of men at 6'6", six, 6'8". Six, six, and then you're at that three bills number, but you can move. I'm interested in the 3-4 at defensive end from a roll and a fit standpoint. Describe to me what you think the job will be for Weaver at Nebraska. Yeah, it's interesting. My my very first thought when I saw his build, and you see his frame, um, you see him on film as well, is that he's a guy that eventually will be able to really help set that edge for Nebraska. We talk about that a lot. Then it comes up so much in the Big Ten because you see so many good offensive tackles in this league, right? It feels like every team Nebraska plays has a really good offensive tackle or two, even in case of you know a couple weeks ago at Ohio State. Um, and so you ju- you just know you're going to have to have defensive ends that can hold up at the point of attack and because he's so long, um, he can you know extend and get his hands on guys and hopefully move them around a little bit to help with that. But he'll also probably be a kid that that's a sneaky pass rusher as well, just because he's more athletic than you think based on just seeing his measurables. That's just it, and the edge role is so key in the Big Ten. And tell me a little bit here about Tuioti and just uh, him being able to make some hay. And I know he's been in on guys. In in the the Utah slash you know West Coast region, but he was able to reel in a guy that that's pretty impressive here. Where's Nebraska at? Because I know numbers are dwindling for 2021, but you need more defensive line help for this class. Where where do things stand? Who else is Nebraska looking at? And talk to me about Tuioti's impact with that as as Nebraska looks to finish out 2021. Yeah, I think this has been a couple-year project here since Tuioti kind of took over along that defensive line where they identified some guys out west um, and even in Hawaii as well that, that he wanted to go to work on. And part of the thing is, and this is, I mean, this happened for everyone across college football, but this really kind of slowed down Nebraska being able to build things, was, you know, not being able to have those unofficial and then official visits because I think you would have seen a strong contingent of guys from out west coming through to check out Nebraska just because they had never been out 
out here. And it's hard, you know, it, it's hard to recruit kids, especially from like, you know, Hawaii. And you say, hey, we want you to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. And they're like, well, wait a second, what's out there? Like, that's a fair thing um, to kind of say from a kid that's so far away and from a completely different culture. Um, and so Tui has been going to work kind of behind the scenes, working on these kids. And there's a couple other California defensive linemen, too. Um, Josh Simmons is a guy out west who was an Oregon commit who Nebraska has been, you know, in close contact with. Uh, Tia Savea is a name that's come up a couple of times out in Las Vegas is a guy that I think Nebraska really has a good shot at. Um, there's a couple of players out in Hawaii, too. Wyndon Huuli, um, an inside linebacker that they like, as well as a wide receiver in Hawaii that Tuioti has been uh, the lead on. But I just rattled off probably four or five names, and there probably are just about that amount of spots left. So we'll kind of see how this thing goes. Talk to you about Avante Dickerson. Uh, it is a different uh, looking row the boat crew. I mean, there's a few holes in that boat um, uh, now. And uh, is is Nebraska is the is Nebraska still have a door open for Avante Dickerson? I would say that they they still have the door open. Um, as long as he's receptive to talking to them, I think that Nebraska would do well to continue uh, down that road because, man, you're right. It does look quite different right now uh, for Minnesota versus what it looked like back way back when he committed. And he kind of committed out of the blue. I think that's important to remember. It's also important to remember that he has not been up there um, for any visits uh, to see their campus and get the tours of the facility and all of that the same way that Nebraska has kids that hasn't had that but he has been to nebraska a number of times and if you and if he starts to think hey i should stay closer to home maybe nebraska starts putting some wins together i think that door could open even more um so nebraska should definitely got to keep in contact because i do think that dickerson is the type of talent that you know no matter what the numbers are they they find a way to get him in the class if in fact he wanted to be here greg smith with us hailvarsity.com and magazine greg uh thoughts on saturday Nebraska, do you think Nebraska goes in? Listen, they don't have, they didn't have the ability to to generate some momentum or take that game one to game two step. Their game two is now really game three. But how are you feeling about Saturday with Nebraska? You saw the presser today. Northwestern is so darn near flawless, and they're talented, and they're smart, but they're they're beatable. Because a lot of teams have more talent, it's the intangibles that the Northwestern gets you with. What do you uh, What do you foresee? Get your crystal ball out for Saturday here. You don't got to give me a, a, a straight up prediction on a Monday, but how's your feel going in into to this second game for Nebraska? Yeah, my feel is that Northwestern is such an interesting test for Nebraska because Northwestern does, and it's like this with Wisconsin too, except in Wisconsin is generally more talented than Northwestern, is that Northwestern is such a, the execution threshold is so high, right? It's not that they're just going to out-athlete you and they're just running circles around you. It's just that they're patient. They'll wait for you to make mistakes. They won't make many mistakes. And that's been Nebraska's thing for the last handful of years, right, is that they're always going to make that bright back-breaking mistake or two or three within a game. Um, if Nebraska can clean that up, I like their chances in this one. Um, I'm really intrigued by how Nebraska's psyche is. It feels like the whole, like, they have a chip on their shoulder thing is real. Um, and I think that that could have a tangible effect for them, too. Um, so it's a really intriguing football game. It's also a kind of a clash of styles based on how the two teams kind of want to play, um, especially at those skill positions. 
Greg, after two performances against Iowa and Maryland, are, are you buying or selling that Northwestern defense? Do you think that the Huskers are going to have to, you know, do a lot and, and and beat this Northwestern defense, or do you think that they just haven't played a, a team like Nebraska yet? Oh, I, I think that it's a good defense because they're, I feel like they're always a pretty good defense. Um, and this year, led by Patty Fisher again, they're so good at the linebacker level that I think that that's the thing um, that, that gives you a little bit of concern. Plus, it's another tough test for Nebraska up front, right? Northwestern's going to be sound um, along the defensive line. And so if Nebraska really has made those improvements in the trenches that we kind of think they did based off some of the stuff they did against Ohio State, um, then they should be able to move the ball on Northwestern, but it wouldn't surprise me if they struggle a little bit to do it as well because Northwestern is still good in the front seven. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be up to Nebraska's wideouts to emerge because I think Jay yep. Moore kind of nailed it in hour one. Why wouldn't you stack the box? Your run defense has been really good anyway. Nebraska's all line probably a notch above what you've seen, but make Nebraska do their thing with their arm. But I know that I, I will have the smoker on at uh, 10.30, Mr. Greg, since it's a road <laughs> game. And uh, that's what I'm thinking. So I like that. I like where your head's at. Are you all, have you already picked a meat to throw on the smoker? <sighs> I, I'm thinking about double bone pork chop that I saw at okay. my friends at Piedmontese. That, that's I, what I'm thinking. Like I'm, and Greg's <laughs> like, address, text me. Your yeah, address. I mean, you know, if you want to put me a little to-go box on the porch. <laughs> My bribery is this. If you yeah. hang out with me, I will feed you. Greg, <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> you take care and we'll talk soon, man. Thanks for hanging yeah, out. Yeah, man. You have, have a good week, man. All right. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Open phones for you till 6. You want to jump in, join us. Welcome to do it. 466-377-6800-825-5865-466-3776-800-825-5865. 5865Chris at HaleVarsity.com, Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence. Big topic's been, you know, the mentality for Nebraska. How do they do the old lemon to lemonade or something into chicken salad uh, heading into this week? Nebraska's had a little extra time to get ready for Northwestern. So that's a positive, but you've not played a second game. So you've just been practicing and you're you're by god sick of practicing and you're taking on a team that erased a 17 nothing hole to their bitter rival and northwestern found a way by forcing turnovers and making really good tackles and being physical so it's going to be another throwback nebraska northwestern probably uglied up football game that's very physical and you're going to be like, you know what? This thing is going to going to wear you out, and you're need, you're going to need large quantities of alcohol to get through it because it's going to be ugly unless Nebraska just snaps and goes off, which is possible. Nebraska could totally release the fury. You could find a couple of wideouts that have been building up to being game ready, and uh, Nebraska could go off. We'll see. I think there's a lot of hesitation for Nebraska fans to just say, yeah, on paper, talent-wise, Nebraska should 
win by seven to ten points. But when it comes to self-harm and cleaning up your own aisle, Nebraska's had a problem. Penn, uh, Penn State. Northwestern's been really good in close games. Pat Fitzgerald wins one-score games. Nebraska and Scott Frost have not. Three and nine is the number because there's been that many one-score game contests in, in two years and and now two games under Coach Frost. That's, I think, that's half his half his game just about. Well, that's that's the Big Ten, and mm-hmm. and life is like that. I mean, look at Iowa and look at Minnesota, right? How good were the Gophers last year in one in one possession games? They were three and zero in non conference in one possession games. Okay, then they got hot. Now they're zero and two, right? And that's it wasn't a one possession game against Michigan, clearly. But it was against Maryland, and they were up. They were, <laughs> shouldn't have been a one position. No, they were up seventeen Maryland. points. Yeah, they blew that thing uh-huh. in the fourth. Uh-huh. And look at look at Iowa. I mean, Iowa's a really sound program, right? And and they're zero and two in, in one possession games. They they had a lead against Purdue. They couldn't hang on, and then they lost at home to Northwestern. And, had a chance through a pick. Yeah, and and the the point is is baby Ferentz has gotten pass happy. And it was a tough day sledding running the football anyway against Iowa or against Northwestern by Iowa. But yeah, baby Ferentz is he's he's tough to take. And if I'm an Iowa fan, it's really tough to take when you're asking your your young pup quarterback who's not had any Lindsay's to thing Lindsay's into things opportunity. You've been thrown into the Big Ten deep end of the pool and you're throwing picks left and right. So, chip on the shoulder could be a very real thing, and it could be beneficial to Nebraska, not only from a prep standpoint, but just from kind of a squeezing and focus position. But here's Scott Frost uh, about that, that chip on the shoulder and what his team's walking into Evanston with. Yeah, it's unfortunate that we want to play, and we want to play in Lincoln. We want to play in front of fans. You know, it's just not a normal year, but... You know, it's kind of Murphy's Law right now, Uh, missing a game, missing a home game, all the things that are happening. Uh, I think our kids have a little bit of chip on their shoulder, and I don't know what will happen Saturday. We're playing a really good team, but I know our kids are going to play hard. Well, so you'll get the effort, but more to that chip on the shoulder. Uh, Offense, defense, running game, special teams, and uh, dare I go into the us against the world, or at least us against the Big Ten mentality? Uh, you can just tell they've wanted to play. They see us fighting to try to get them to play. Uh, we've kind of failed at every turn, but they just want to be on the field. I, I think they feel like maybe some people are out to get them or have an axe to grind against them a little bit. I, th- I think they feel like they haven't accomplished everything that they could have accomplished. I think they feel like they've lost some close games that we could have won if we'd have played a little better, a little harder, a little smarter. You know, I think our program is ready to turn a big-time corner, but it's tough, too, if we're given circumstances where we can't get on the field and get better. I think our kids are just anxious to get back out there and, and try to try to compete to win a game. Hey, you use and button push any way you can or need to to get your team ready emotionally. You've gotten them ready physically. You've gotten them ready through 40 practices worth of reps. And from a physical standpoint, you banged on one another a lot. So now you got to kind of jump in there and make sure they're not moping around or deflated because you didn't get to play. 
You got to pump him back up. Got to be a psychologist. And if you need to lay the old us against the Big Ten card down, and I know that that isn't a long-term great idea, (laughs) but from a short-term standpoint, I love the motivation side. The upside of it can really happen. Now you got to go win. And I don't doubt that Coach Frost thinks they're close. And I, I think they're close. You saw some glimmers, right, against Ohio State. But this is the ultimate test. You can't complain and be ticked about Wisconsin. You can't complain and be ticked about the Big Ten and UT Chattanooga and then not go. You can be ticked off all you want, but it's time to go play, kick off, and go win a football game. You can be ticked off but then go deliver some results Saturday. And I think Nebraska can do it. One last thought here from Scott Frost with that that edge they have or perceived to have because things have been going against them. Uh, you can just tell. They've wanted to play. They We're doing little things better. To win in this league, you got to block, you got to tackle, you got to get open, and you got to cover, and you got to play smart. The margin of error in this league, there's too many good teams, so the margin of error is real thin. I feel like for two years, we've kind of found ways to to not win. Even two years uh, ago up in Northwestern, I think it was 90 yards to five yards in penalties, and we lost turnover battles and had a 15-yard penalty on a last drive where we pinned them on the one, and they go down and score and get to overtime, and we get another penalty and snap the ball through our quarterbacks. You know, we've just found ways to not win. Uh, you can't do that against a good team like Northwestern, a team that's not going to beat themselves. I mean, I think just from a maturity standpoint, our kids have turned a corner. I think they're they're doing the fundamentals things better. But we got we got to win a game sometime and get confidence and, and build on that. Joel McEvickin nailed that. He talked about it last Thursday where guys got to play. Guys got to win and feel that confidence. I think there was parts of Nebraska's game that they were able to gain confidence in against Ohio State. What's been hard for them is to not get back on the horse and have the game canceled and then go see the results on the field. That's been the difficult part. Out of their hands. But again, you got to make some lemonade here. And it'd be all right to go do that in Evanston. Chance to do it for Nebraska. Winnable game. Tight ball game. Turn that corner with clean football and taking care of the football. We'll wind down a Monday with Hale Varsity next. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, a Monday with Hail Varsity Radio. Charlie McBride, Coach Lucido from Antioch High School, Nebraska's newest commit, Jalen Weaver. That'll be uh, both on the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com podcast for Hale Varsity. Find it with the Herdat Media uh, section on HaleVarsity.com revamped website. Also, podcast, subscribe and give us a rating. Give us some feedback. We'd love that. You can do so for free on iTunes. Uh, get signed up there. Spotify, Google Play, 
And, of course, the ESPN Twitter handle has some of the uh, the two-minute drills, some of the best parts of our interviews for you that Elijah Herbal will get posted up. So, Adrian Martinez uh, chimed in. We'll, we'll maybe try and squeeze that in. But, again, uh, news flash that y- y- you can't be a dummy and go to Northwestern. It's probably a lot of things. It's good coaching. It's having a veteran team. It's probably having a lot of smart kids on your team. You know, you can't be you can't be a dummy and get into Northwestern. So I think the kids that play football there are probably the type of kids every parent wants their daughter to marry. You know, smart, extremely smart kids that are athletic and going to be successful in life. And those kind of kids are probably pretty good at being disciplined and not making a mistake. He just nailed it. We're smarter than you. We're pretty athletic. We're a little bit blue collar. There's some sort of dark edge we got. Uh, there's a natural disrespect because you, you in Wisconsin and Michigan carry the conference academically. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a special blend there in Northwestern. I've been through Evanston. Never been to a game there, but I think it's just really cool up there. But they do a good job. Uh, last thought, here's Adrian. Uh, cut 31 when it comes to, to Frost and his leadership through all of this. Because this is, this is what's going to be your difference maker for Saturday. Guys can know the playbook. Guys can get the game plan down. Head coach going to have them ready and up to go again, release the Fury on Saturday. I, I think it speaks volumes uh, to his character and the character of this coaching staff. Um, they're unwavering, you know. Not the first sign of adversity that we faced, like I uh, talked about earlier, but they did a great job of, of setting us on the right path, uh, getting our, our minds uh, where they needed to be, and that was on to Northwestern. It's obviously public knowledge that we were trying to play another game Saturday, but when that didn't happen, bang, we, we moved on quick, and the coaches were the first to do that. There you go. On to Northwestern, shake it off. You can be ticked off, but uh, find a way to get that translated into taking it out on somebody. Elijah, you want to do a bet tonight? No, but sure. No. I don't think we do this because there's not, a, not any amount of points you can give me to take New York. Uh, see, I would have gone like Tampa by nine and a half. It's probably... Line's like, 12 and a half. Yeah, so 12 and a half even feels a little dangerous for me. Yeah, we'll just have to figure out a game for you to, instead of double or nothing, we're up to five or nothing for for this Friday. <laughs> it's getting really ugly for me. <laughs> I'm just going to keep, it's too bad I don't call Cranack or somebody who's, or, or G-Unit, that's close to to the casinos and put some heat down for us. We'd have been fine. You would have right. been, been fine. All right, talk to you tomorrow at 4, thanks.